bathrooms, the convenience of the MTR, you know, uh, the smell, the aroma, you know, just everything about Hong Kong, you know, I just really loved. And um, so when I first came, initially as, uh, this has been a good uh, talk because it's a lot of self-reflecting. And, you know, so initially I came because of the, uh, the female. So she, you know, she, I think she kind of came, because I said she was so mysterious. She came from a wealthy family, I think. Um, she wasn't college educated, and she kind of was just floating about. She was a DJ, actually. She was a DJ. Yeah, she was a DJ. I seen her spin once. She was okay. She was what, why we connected, because she really knew about, you know, music. Like, you know, I'm a big music lover, as you know. And um, so one day, though, I was, she brought me to this bar. I don't think it's still open. It's a, it was a club that was in the Harbor Plaza Hotel in Wan Chai, nice, nice place. And uh, one day she brought me there, I hung out, I liked it. And then it was a Saturday and then I wanted to hang out again with her, but she was like, uh, no. I was like, okay, okay. So I knew how to get to the bar or the club and there she was, she was there and she had like uh, left you know, when she saw that I, I came there because nothing was ever, you know, wasn't boyfriend or girlfriend or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's just, you know, just some, I think she was actually surprised that I even came to Hong Kong in the first place. And she had a, her whole life, you know, yeah. people who she knew. So I wasn't mad about that. So while I was there though, I met a young lady from Korea, South Korea, and we were hanging out. And it turns out that she was friends with the DJ, this other guy. And I liked the set that he had did and I complimented on it. And the very first apartment building that I ever been to was this huge like penthouse in Central. So my first impressions of Hong Kong are just like sky high, you know, I'm going to clubs, I'm at this like, you know, maybe the 40th floor, I'm seeing like all the scenery of Hong yeah. Kong, so I'm greatly impressed. So I was in Hong Kong for about maybe a week wait a week or two weeks and um when I went back home I was telling all my friends and family about what a great time I had and this and that and the other so I made up my mind so I'm definitely going to go back so the next year I went back and I stayed in uh, Causeway Bay and then her and I mm. you know we officially you know became boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and um that was also my first trip to China I had went to Shenzhen, and looking at the development of Shenzhen today as compared to as the past, it's remarkable how fast that it, it grew. And um, it was amazing. So that second trip was important because one day I had um, ran into, wow, this is real sensitive. This microphone yeah. picks up everything. <laughs> I had ran into, um, uh, by chance, uh, this white guy from Washington, D.C., now, I was in this mall in Mong Kok. This now I'm starting to explore more of Hong Kong. Now, before it was just strictly Hong Kong Island. You know, that's where I was at. So now I'm in Mong Kok. And uh, we went into this mall. I seen him in a, he had a small kiosk in this mall. And I seen him and um, I was like, ah, I left America to get away from white people, you know. <laughs> I came all the way to Hong Kong to see this guy. So then I ended up in that mall again. And I said, let me go inside, see what he has in here. So he, his store at that time, he was selling like hip hop t-shirts. I said, oh, look at this guy. He's selling hip hop t-shirts and he's selling records. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm bad mouthing the guy. But then I noticed he had the subway map of New York City, the New York City subway map. I said, hmm, hmm, all right. So him and I started talking. 
So then we talked for a long time in that shop. And he gave me his phone number. And I was thinking, ah, I'm never going to call this guy. You know, I just got the number. But it was a Sunday, and she was busy. So I said, I don't got anything to do. Let me give him a call. So I gave him a call, and he lived in Prince Edward. So I go, go over to his flat, and he had tons of, like, movies that I liked and tons of music that I liked. And, you know, we just really connected. He also played basketball. And then when we went to... um you know the movie Pulp Fiction uh, by Quentin Tarantino? No, no. Oh, it's a, it's a classic. And so we wanted to watch it. So we went to the DVD store. We bought a DVD that we thought was Pulp Fiction, but it was called Plump Fiction. It was like the same <laughs> genre, but like, you know, about somebody fat, you know? Yeah. So when we went to return it, this was a defining moment in my life. He said to this guy, uh, uh, now I know, what are you staring at? I was like, wow, you speak Cantonese? That blew my mind. I said, here's a guy. He didn't graduate high school. He quit because he went to an all-black high school. He reversed racism. All, all of the, usually they call it white flight. Yeah. When blacks move into a neighborhood, white people leave. So that's what happened to him in his neighborhood in Washington, D.C., all the white people left, just his grandmother stayed, and, and him. And um, he would get bullied. So he, therefore, he decided to learn the martial arts. He really got it. It was a black Sifu who taught him the martial arts. So he, liked, so he really, really liked the idea of going to Hong Kong. So to this day, I admire him. His name is Jeff. So Jeff, he was a bicycle courier. And he saved his money. He saved his money, saved his money. And he came out to Hong Kong, and he just liked it. And then he learned the language. That blew my mind. I said, this guy's communicating in Cantonese fluently, fluently. But him, woo, you know. So I was impressed, number one, that he was living in Hong Kong. He had a small flat in Prince Edward. And number two, that he was speaking in Cantonese. Number three... He was making money here. He had a job that I didn't want to do. Uh, he was teaching at an adult learning center. And sometimes the money, the school could just close, right? So I said, like, mm, no, my life is pretty stable in USA. I said, I do not want to do what he's doing because it was just too unstable. Mm -hmm. So went back home again, came back for my third trip. This time I brought my best friend with me, and this time I was going to stay for a month. So him and I, we got separate hotel rooms in uh, the very first hotel I stayed at, um, seeing the girl, uh, seeing him. But my friend, Jeff, he could be very obnoxious. Currently, we're not friends anymore because he was just, he could just be so obnoxious all the time. Just always, you know, just always some sort of joke, like just real immature you know like everything yeah. will be going good but then he'll say something very very immature and it just really really just doesn't make sense doesn't make yeah. sense it annoys me like why do you, you know why you always got to do for instance like i took a picture wearing a pair of glasses and then he'll have something to say about the glasses or you know looks like i'm getting fat like you know what i mean like like why 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 what do you care if i'm getting fat for what, what leave me alone <laughs> you're wasting time so but at that time he was a, a good friend so me and my friend, you know, we were hanging out. Um, Quaz went back home. And then 
I went to uh, earlier when we were having lunch. I, I said uh, I mentioned Lantau when he was talking about uh, camping and um, Mui Wo. Have you ever been to Mui Wo? Mui Wo, yeah. Oh, you know. Ah, oh, man, when I went to Mui Wo for the first time, I said, wow, this Hong Kong is just, I love it, you know, especially that Mui Wo. It was, a, you know, the beaches back then was yep. super nice and like the, the way the hotel was and everything. And I was like, wow, Hong Kong, you know. So I went back home. I made two trips that year. I came back that summer because her and I had broke up. It was like a long distance relationship, you know, it wasn't working, you know, but I thought I could patch things up. So I came back again and I stayed exclusively on Mui Wo. I don't think I visited Jeff that, that for that part of the uh, times. So, you know, we got back together. Hong Kong is really on my mind. So the last trip I took, the f- wait, I made five trips. First one, second, twice in one year. So the last one I made was, um, the def- again, a defining moment because I stayed at the hotel that I stayed at the first time. And I was there for a month. And um, yeah, I loved it again. But things were getting strained between me and the female. So then, um, because I guess she didn't know, you know, I guess I didn't seem stable, you know, at the job. Because I'm always coming, visiting, going back, da 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 so then um, we ended up breaking up for good, which was fine with me because uh, I fell in love with Hong Kong, you know. So I'm actually, you know, happy that 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 happened. So I go back home and I'm like, look, I want to work and live in Hong Kong. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And so I, I got motivated again. I go through a cycle. Now, I just realized this during this interview. And thank you for very much for this, that uh, with school. I, when I'm really focused and I have a certain goal, I study yeah. hard and I get it. But then, you know, I kind of waver. So now I had to finish up school. So I go back to Montclair and um, I finished up, graduated. And then I also got a certificate for teaching English as a second language. Got it. And so now my dilemma was, should I pursue Hong Kong or wait? to get a master's because I, since I worked at my university, the tuition is waived free. I could just get a master's for free, you know, just pay for books. So I had a tough decision. I said, do I make the decision to go to Hong Kong now or should I wait? So I asked this man, uh, he was from Turkey, uh, Evram I, you know? So I said, um, what do you think, you know? He said, well, you know, if you could do something now, do it. You know, do it like, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen in two years. Again, like when we were having the lunch, like, you know, you was discussing like, you know, whether to go back to Nepal, you know, this and that. And um, then the door, you know, for that opportunity to shut. Who knew? Who knew? Like it would be two years of of this. So I listened to what he said. I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. Live in the moment, right? Live in the moment. Yeah. Because you don't know. Right. So I said, all right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. So I did a simple Google search. I said teaching in Hong Kong. And um, the first thing that came up was the net section, the native English teacher. And um, primarily the EDB, at least, well, probably now they probably don't recruit at all because of the pandemic. But back then they primarily recruited English teachers from the UK, Australia, and Canada. And primarily the teachers who apply 
don't look like me, you know, you know, unfortunately, there's like a stereotype when it comes to what type of teacher there is. Now, the net scheme, there are, you know, more people of color, like I've seen uh, an African woman, I've seen an Indian man, you know, so now, you know, it's kind of mixed, which is really great, which is really great because a person's skin color or, or gender shouldn't determine. Like even his race. Yeah, yeah. yeah But should. still people, still people do have such idea. Like so I said, no, I'm going for it because of my belief in myself and my belief mm -hmm. in a higher power. Like, you know, if, if God is for you, who can stop you, right? I mean, if, yeah. God, if God wants it to happen or it doesn't happen, there's nothing anybody could do. So I did the Google search, and I saw that they were recruiting uh, in Toronto, Toronto, Canada. So I flew up to Canada, and it was cold. It was the most cold I've ever experienced, even colder than Watertown. And I stayed at a hotel. The hotel didn't have a toothbrush or toothpaste, and I forgot to bring a toothbrush or toothpaste. Yeah. So for the day of the, and it was too cold to go outside to 7-Eleven or something like that. So the day of the interview, Mr. Kelly's teeth were not brushed at all. So I was like, oh man. So I, I went to the water fountain, trying to like, you know, clean the teeth with my tongue and water and everything. But luckily they were sitting, you know, far from me. And um, so I had all my books ready, and it was uh, English. Uh, it was a British man and a Chinese woman. I was like, Josan, Lehoma, Lehsik Jofan Mayan. And she's like, oh, oh. I said, uh, you speak some Cantonese? All gong, shu, shu, jung, man, shu, shu. She's like, oh. So then we did the interview. I gave the best interview I possibly could, left it in God's hand, flew back home. And I got to, I got to hang around Toronto a little bit. You know, it's a nice city, nice city. Um, their money is called a loony. I didn't realize that was the name of their currency. I just kept hearing Canadian people, currency. It's yeah, called loony. Yeah, loony. You know, I thought it's dollar. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So when I heard the loony, I was like, "Why?" You know. But then it hit me. So, oh, they're talking about the money. Oh, so I fly home, and then there's this forum. There's this uh, forum where current native English teachers and Those who are trying to become native English teachers, they discuss things. And um, so some of them said it took them like four years before they got the post or some didn't get any reply at all. So it was kind of like up in the air. Some with a lot of experience didn't. So I didn't have any teaching experience, actually, besides like tutoring adults, you know. So I'm waiting, praying, waiting, waiting, praying. And then um, as time went on, I saw that some more teachers were getting um, responses. I'm like, oh, okay. So now it's like um, June. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm not getting any response, right? So then finally, they, the interview went well. And um, what I did was, since there's so many primary schools in Hong Kong, I copied and pasted their acceptance and I sent it to like about 50. So we're going to, you know, hopefully help you find a school. I said, okay. So there was, uh, again, God's hand. There was one school that got in contact with me in Kowloon, but the net returned. And then there was another school where they tried to contact with me, but I was on a cruise ship actually to Honduras. So I couldn't mm -hmm. do the interview. And then a third school got in contact with me, but I forgot what happened. So now it's August and school starts in September, but I still didn't lose hope. So one day um, I was at my cousin's house and um, my mother said, hey, you know, there's a lady. Turns out it was uh, Miss Hung. 
there's a lady left you a message saying, um, would you, you know, give her a call back? I'm like, oh, wow, this is it, you know? And I really, 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 my parents are amazing because they didn't want me to go to Hong Kong, you know, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, she could have deleted that message, you know, and I I never would have known. I never would have known. So then um, I said, okay, I got to get the interview. But I think um, Mm. as a parent, uh, Mm. your parents saw your effort, your dedication, Mm. you know, like, because... You have been to Hong Kong many times. Mm. You went to Toronto, Canada mm. for for NET, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like with all like seeing their son, effort, dedication, passion. Mm. You, I think that moment, mm. your parents were so proud of you. Yeah, I, I believe On, so. Yeah, you we know? can just feel. That's right? true. That that's definitely true. So, I was like, okay, here's the interview. So I called her. And um, I was like, hey, hi, you know, it's Mr. Kelly. And she's like, hi, this is Miss, Miss Hung. First time her and I ever met. And um, she didn't ask me any questions. She just asked me one question. Do you want the job? I said, yes. And then um, she said, okay. She gave me some info. And um, she said, you please come to Hong Kong because your start date will be October 28th. I said, okay. So that gave me time to, like, get myself ready um, told my family, and they was like, wow, you sure? I said, yeah, you know, I, I got to give it a shot. And then, um, you know, they threw me, I wasn't expecting this, but they threw me a really nice going away party, and relatives came, and they gave money. I wasn't expecting the money. I needed the money, too, because my old job, they were very vindictive. My last salary, they deducted all of it. You know, I don't know, to this day, I don't know why, I had a state job, meaning my job was kind of financed by the government at the university. I don't know why they were so bitter. I don't, I don't know why to this day. I think it's very, how do you say it? It's justifiable because mm. it's like you're ignoring your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. So, it's true. In that sense, they may have. And, and looking back, like yeah. looking back, you're right because that sort of job, no one ever quits because it's a union job. It's a real uh solid job regardless of the economy working in american university yeah that's like a dream of many people yeah even, even me yeah. <laughs> i'm right here oh yeah yeah i yeah, have that yeah. dream yeah, you oh. know like my dream one of my dream is to be a lecturer in mm, university mm, 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 mm. it could happen you so know, you left such a perfect dream because you fell in love with hong kong that's right yeah yeah so i got here and um, at the time, I didn't know that my salary was deducted. I found out later. Actually, Mr. Rye was very... Oh, two things helped me. But anyway, so the first place I went to was... Uh, I had a friend who lived in Chen Kwan Oh. And I was over there. And then um, it was time to finally go, because I've never been to the new territories. Just Hong Kong Island, Kowloon, Mui Wo, that's it, right? So then Chen Kwan Oh to Tin Shui Wai. So I get on the train... And I'm riding on the train, and then you know, like when the train comes out of the tunnel, yeah. uh, and and uh, that's the first time I've ever been on a train that w- that goes outside. I've always just been in a train in the tunnel. So when it came out of the tunnel, and back then the pollution was really bad, right? USA, is, I'm sure in Nepal as well, like blue skies and yeah, we we do have a blue sky. You know, at nighttime you can see the stars, yeah. right? So when I came out of the tunnel. And I saw the pollution, 
at that time, I was like, oh, no, this is, I don't know, this is, may not be a good idea. And then when I first went to Tenshoi Wai, now I love Tenshoi Wai, but back then it was very scary to me. You know, like, you know, you ever been to Tenshoi Wai? Yeah, I've been to Tenshoi Wai. You know, like all the amounts of buildings and uh, the LRT and uh, Miss Hung was there and she, you know, greeted me. And um, the big part why I was even able to survive, I think, the first year or so is because of Miss Hung. Um, she really took me under her wing, you know? And so for, I lived in Tenshui Wai for a month and um, it was okay. But it, looking back, you know, it was good because it helped me, you know, to, to, to formulate myself, to get myself used to, to not just visiting Hong Kong, but living Hong Kong. So. It was finally time to go to work, right? So my first day was October, I think 28th, 28th or 27th, and we go, Miss Hung and I. And then we walk along the path the first time. Back then, all the houses that you see now didn't exist. Some of the big ones, the big older ones closest to the campus did, but the ones like by Cumshing Road, that wasn't there. Um, those mm, very remote. Very remote. So again, I'm thinking to myself, is this a good idea? And so then I'm walking down the path and back then there were sheep. There was like a flock of sheep, like 10, 12 sheep. And then- you the mean, <laughs> Sorry for interrupting yeah, sure, you. Yeah, sure, sure. But you are saying there were sheep. Yeah. Flocks of yeah, sheep yeah. in Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, <there was laughs> yeah, sometimes I, I feel like, the, did I imagine this? But um, yeah. There, Sorry again. Like, did you ever thought seeing ships in Hong Kong? No, 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 no. But I have a, what's the difference? A sheep and a lamb—they're similar, right? Lamb. Yeah. So, so a lamb is a baby sheep. So maybe there were there was some sheep and lamb walking around, milling about. Later, I saw a wild boar. I saw a wild boar once, and then the smell of fertilizer was strong, and from that farm. Some, and it's hot, at least for me it's hot because it's November, right? Uh, well, October going into November and it's, and it's hot, so I had to adjust to that. And I'm thinking, oh man, is this a good idea? So then um, we get to the school. Uh, the school was much different as I always keep uh, mentioning. This, this current annex isn't here. Where the basketball court used to be as soon as you entered the school. And um, the school was, school is always lively, but back then it was really lively. There was a lot of uh, uh, Nepalese songs being sang. Uh, a lot of dancing was always happening. And um, so she shows me the desk. My desk was uh, the old staff room. That's where I sat. And um, so I said, okay, you're gonna sit here, but you're not gonna teach a lesson for like the first week or two, I forget. So you're just gonna observe. So I said, okay. So, you know, I'm observing, walking around. Met Mr. Rye. You know, another another big person that really helped, you know, I, I could tell he could sense that, like, you know, I'm adjusting. And he said, hey, you know, you OK? And I was like, "Nah, I'm not OK. You know, and, uh, you know, kind of looking back now, kind of a huge culture shock. But the and the good thing for me was that I had made friends with Jeff. So after work, I could hang out with him and his friends, you know, and I was used to Hong Kong. So that part 
helped a lot. And then, I, again, female, I met uh, another female. So that also helped, too. So you met your past girlfriend, like no, your ex? No, no, no. We were done. Long done. Going done. Some, so did, did, uh, like, did you try to contact her that you got a job as a teacher? Mm, I should have. I should have. I should have. But nope, nope, nope. I no, think like she... Have you, have, you, have you ever met her, like? I called her once out of the blue one time because for some reason the phone number stays in my mind. You know, I've had different phone numbers, but I remember hers for some reason. And, and so I, it's still carrying that number. Yeah, I still had it in, in, the, in the brain for some reason. Maybe because in the past, you know, I was calling it a lot when I was in America. So it's ingrained in my head. So then um, I told her, you know, not to brag enough into her, but, you know, I let her know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I ended up becoming a teacher here and, you know, and this and that. And she knows about the position, you know, the way it is looked at in Hong Kong. Uh, like what, what, what did she say? She you? said, that's good. You know, and she said, that's great, you know. But I think in the way she sounded was kind of like shocked, kind of. And um, even my friend Jeff, like he was kind of amazed because I surpassed him because that made him because he's competitive that made him want to go back to college himself because he got married. But sometimes I think he got married so he could get uh, stay as a Hong Kong resident because back then he was leaving the, the Hong Kong to go back to go to China, then get the, uh, you know, back then it was easier, you know, get the stamp and he'd come back, stay, you know, how many days. So that motivated him as well. So, okay, now it's time to teach the lessons. So I'm in there teaching. And I'm um, adjusting to how to teach and everything like that. And I think the, the, another defining moment was when one day Miss Hung, I was teaching a lesson with her and she had to leave. And it was just me alone in the classroom. And his, the boy's name was Saga Fapa. He was a chubby boy with uh, glasses. He's probably a grown man now, probably still wearing glasses. He might be slimmer now, who knows? So then um, he was acting up. So then I, you know, I did something, you know, to calm them down, you know, I said, okay, they're trying to test me here, you know, so all the inst instincts come back. So then um, one day there was, uh, uh, I've had many moments in school, but there's, there's, there's those standout moments, as I'm sure that you're going to have. There was a student named uh, Pooja, Pooja Garung, and uh, she, her glasses were literally like filled with tears. She was all upset and crying. And I said, what's wrong? And then um, she said, oh, Sandy doesn't like me. And I said, oh, you know, don't worry about Sandy. <laughs> Who cares about Sandy? So now the relationship is starting to build because I'm remembering, like, what it was for me when I was in school. And I was thinking, like, what type of teacher would I like to have? For me, I like to have a teacher who shares a lot of his personal experiences, who's yep. funny, who's energetic, who feels like he really wants to be there and it's not just a job, and who just talks to them like we're on the same level. Like, yes, I'm a teacher. Yes, I'm older, but no, we're the same. You know, I just happened to be on the earth before, before the student yeah, was. Like, uh, we, uh, we all know we are the new staff of the school, right? Mm. So we all know, like, Mr. Kelly, mm. he's very down to the earth. Oh, thank you. That's a he's compliment. He's very kind. Like, mm. like, the way you treat us, mm. others, it's the same. Mm, same, you treat same, everybody man. the same. <laughs> same, it's the same. I got to do quarantine, you got to do quarantine. I mean, you get hungry, I get hungry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you're happy when it's payday, I'm happy when it's payday, you know? So it's the same. How could I possibly... Getting back to, like, how we was discussing about how the successful from our people don't reach back, 
you know, so that stays with me. And one way to reach back is to keep it even. No one's better than anybody. And I can't stand egos, man. I just can't stand that. So I don't want to have a big ego. So basketball. Basketball is what really helped as well because back then, you know, there wasn't a pandemic and things were different. Things were a little more, I think, innocent. We could play at recess. We could play at lunchtime. And the girls would play. The boys would play. And then uh, we started participating in U-Long basketball tournaments. And, like, the Nepalese students, they had a natural stamina that was greater than the local students. And I utilized that. Like, I would have them just play really, really intense defense. And then the other team would lose the ball. And then we would score, and we were getting good. We were getting really, really good. And we almost won the championship one year. But another team, and I don't have proof of this, but I think he was older than what he put on his paper, right? So we lost. So now some of the staff uh, were getting, they saw, ooh, this is kind of a prestigious thing to be the, the basketball coach. So my job as the coach got taken away because I'm, you know, I'm a native English teacher. I'm not a PE teacher. Yeah. And so then that guy, he left. And then another guy came. And he was a really good coach. Not a nice guy, just my opinion, but he was a really good coach. And he was able to take that team to the championship. So I was happy about that, you know. So it was kind of, you know, bittersweet. Uh, Like Mr. Rye mentioned us about you, that after Mr. Kelly came to the school, like, he changed the whole school. Like, Mm. he introduced basketball. And he taught the students. He, like, basically he perfected them. Mm, they okay. literally didn't knew about basketball mm, but mm. you introduced to them and you made them perfect mm, thank you like yeah. Mr. Rye always talking about that mm, mm, because mm. you it was like 360 yeah, yeah, you changed yeah. 360 degree yeah yeah it's true because like uh, they were playing with no shoes on like, like just imagine you are representing the school in Yunglong Games. Yeah, 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 yeah. The school prestige. Yeah, yeah, The people, how they perceive this. It changed yeah, 360 degrees. Yeah, that's true. I was over there coaching and yelling. Like, I just kept on coaching. I, you know, just, uh, just you know, yelling and, you know, this and that. And uh, it was really, really a lot of fun for me, too. You know, I, I enjoyed it. And it was fun for the kids because... The school got so behind this supportive. I always like to thank Miss Lai and, you know, um, the former principal and Mr. Chim because they provided our own minibus. Somehow they got a minibus driver to drive us to the game in Yulong, and they gave the kids money to get, go to McDonald's after the games. And then the kids, they got a little break from, you know, going to class and the school was always excited to hear about the results, whether or not we won or not. And they were always surprised. Like, oh, they won again. They won again. They won again. So it was a very exciting time. And many former students, they still remember that. And they'll come back and they'll discuss about like certain games that we had, things of that nature. And um, so, yeah, yeah, that, that, that really, really helped. So time is going and it goes so quick when you're a teacher because the uh, teaching career is a great career, actually, because it's a meaningful one, you know, because you every day you're around children and you watch them grow and you really sometimes it could get frustrating because you think they're not listening to what you're saying. But when they come back and tell you things that you told them, 
that's the rewarding part. There was this student, um, when she changed her name, originally her name was Ali Asmita, but then later she changed it to Ashmi, I forget her surname. So she was kind of, a, and she admitted it, she was a lazy student. She, even at lunchtime, she would sit there and let another girl feed her. She would just open her mouth, another girl would put the food in her mouth. And um, she came back, she, I think she's a graduate of HKU, I forget what major it is. And she came back, it was my dream come true because I always wanted someone from the Nepalese community who was successful to come back and talk to the kids, and she did. So she went in there. This was around the time when Barack Obama was running for president, right? That yeah. she, she was a student around that time. So, so maybe uh, around 2008? Yeah, that was her class. That was her batch. And she came back maybe in 2014 or 15. I forget, or 16. So she said, because um, I always had these spelling competitions. The kids loved the spelling competitions. And when... They would spell words like awesome, good, or whatever vocabulary I was teaching at the time. And um, she said at the end, and these are things I forgot. She said at the end of every spelling competition, Mr. Kelly would say, can you spell Barack Obama? And she said they never could spell it, you know. And so then um, uh, one of the students asked, I said, well, because she explained that she was lazy. She said, well, what made you change? She said one day I had a lesson with her. And I used, I forget the word, but I used, uh, 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 let's say, instead of saying hot, I would say it's a sultry day, right? So she was like, well, why would Mr. Kelly choose to use that sort of vocabulary? Like, why is he, you know, not using, like, the normal sort of vocabulary with things? And then she also brought up how I would always mention about, like, racial inequalities. And then she began to see it then. And then she worked hard. So many times, like recently when um, the parents came, there was a, a quite a few former students. Um, uh, our current student, uh, sister or cousin, Bumika, she came. She's a, a kindergarten teacher now in, in a famous school. Oh, yeah. Last time, last time she came. Yeah. So I, I can know that. Yeah. So she came, right? And so she says to me, um, she's very happy, you know, bubbly, always smile, even when she was young, you know. Certain students I remember forever. I've taught a lot of students, uh, uh, but some I don't remember, but some I remember, and she's one of them. And so she came and she said, Mr. Kelly, you know, remember that time you read us the book about Anne Frank? So, so I was teaching Anne Frank, and it's a moving story, and then um, I totally forgot that I had taught her Anne Frank. And she said when she went to secondary school, her native English teacher was Jewish. So she had a background. And then the teacher was like, oh, wow, you know about Anne Frank? And she's like, yeah. And then um, the teacher's grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. And then um, she also appreciated it. And then, then they started talking. And then later, Bumika drew like a picture of her. And there's been many instances. Like, I'm just thinking, like, there was this um, girl named... Um, Trista, and um, I had another friend, and she was in the park, right? So Shrista says to my friend, hey, excuse me, miss, your bag is open. And then they start talking. And then um, she, they just started talking. And then um, at the time, both of them didn't know that they both know me. And so she was like, hey, you know, by now Shrestha was in secondary school. She's like, hey, you know, um, oh, you know, you're in uh, high school. And she was like, yeah. And then she was like, um, hey, you know, um, what primary school did you go to? 
And then um, she didn't say the name of it. And then she said, hey, but your, your native English teacher was probably a, a white guy, my friend said to Shrestha. And then she, Shrestha was like, no, no. <laughs> Actually, it was a, a black guy. <laughs> yeah. and, and then my friend was like, Mr. Kelly? And she was like, yeah, Mr. Kelly. <laughs> so I found, that, I found that really, really funny because that's the most rewarding part, I think. Now I'm thinking about it is like, they're out there in the world, right? And then, like, uh, I'll run into one just, you know, in the place I least expect, or like, oh, I was where I live. I live in Toon Moon, and um, I went to the supermarket. Yeah. Former student working in the supermarket, you know? I was like, hey, you know, I was like, hey, Mr. Kelly, hey, hi, you know, wow, you working here? And he's a really good worker, too. And then another former student was working at a restaurant close by me. So that's the part, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the part. It's like even one of my friends, I, I won't tell her name to you, mm. you know, she lives in Yungno. Mm. Her last name is Limbu. Okay. She always talks about you oh, oh. with me. Like whenever I, <laughs> like in my Instagram and Facebook, I post some video, photos, right? Mm. Like about school, just if I just post about the picture about the like basketball, mm, right? Mm, mm, this mm. picture. Mm. Oh, so where's Miss Kelly? <laughs> 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 you know, like, the thing, the best part of being a teacher, the best part of being a teacher is that you not only live one life, oh. you live multiple wow, lives. Wow, like wow, every wow. day, like uh, you have taught yeah. maybe like five hundred just. For for now, let's say you taught you you got you taught hundred students. Yeah, yeah. So out of hundred, if everyone students yeah. thinks about you, wow, like each, oh, the like you'll be in their memories. You know, like for hundred days. Yeah. Oh, what deep. is Mr. Kelly doing? Where is he? Like, yeah, you know, that's, that's it's like your name. Your your name is resounding. Like that's deep. over and over. Like they are talking about you, thinking about at least. You are like a part of your life. That's deep. Like, Isn't okay, it? somebody says, okay, let's uh, let me do your interview. Let's talk about your childhood, your school days. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah, Kelly pops on. in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah. without Mr. Kelly, their childhood, their school life, yeah, isn't yeah, complete. Yeah. So I think the best part of being a teacher yeah, is thank like, you, thank you. yeah, you are with every students. It's true. It's and true. their memories. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, De definitely. It's, it's priceless, isn't it? You know, it's priceless. And, you know, my salary isn't that bad either, you know. And mm -hmm. before the pandemic, you know, I was able to travel home a lot. And coming to Hong Kong, it enabled me to see other countries. Mm 